Ah, this is Ken Bruce. You're listening to What's the Chat with Adam Scott Pringle. Five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. And welcome back to another episode of What's the Chat with me, Adam Scott Pringle. Thank you to the worst Ken Bruce impression you've ever heard. Yes, that was me. I hope you've been listening, you've been tuning in to this podcast. We're now at episode 8. Can you believe it? I'm sure some of you can, because I just keep whittling on an hour's worth of rubbish with a new guest every week. Last week's guest was fantastic with Katie Pritchard, comedian extraordinaire. This week, we have another titan, Brian Gilligan. You'll have seen him in The Lion King just before everything went pear-shaped this year. You'll have seen him in Commitments. You'll have seen him in Once. He's an absolute superb guest and we have so much chat. I hope you hope you stay and listen. As always, you can send in a question for our chat in the hat section. We're getting some belters in. We're getting some weird ones in as well, but we I'll pick and choose them. But you can always send them in. As always, I'm very grateful for everyone who is listening, continuing to listen. We'll keep going. We'll keep going with this podcast week in, week out. See who who you would like to listen to. If you if you would like to get a different guest on or different type of guest, let me know. If you want to be a guest, message me. I'm all for. I'm all ears, and so are the people listening to this podcast. I'm not chatting shit. Let's get into this good week, this good podcast of this week's uh, with Brian Gilligan. It is episode eight of What's a Chat with Me? Yes, Adam Scott Pringle. Knock, knock, who's there? Oh, look, hello and welcome. Before I allow you to come in, we need to get to know you first. So let's have some small chat on the doormat. It's time for small chat on the doormat. Hello, kind sir. What is your name? Brian Gilligan. Hello, Brian Gilligan. And where are you in the world, Brian Gilligan? I am in Dublin, Ireland. Oh, what a beautiful... The the Celts. The Celts are here. They are. They, they came. They came. Full throttle <laughs> came. through the door. Full, full they came, they saw, they, they well, they kind of conquered. Did they? No, no, they didn't really. They tried, but... <laughs> they, they tried their best. We all try our best. That's the thing. <laughs> Scotland's like, still trying. It's the, it's the Celtic mission statement. We're still trying. Dot, dot, we're, st- dot. we're still here. We're still trying. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Brian, what do you do for a living? I am an actor, singer, muso, and a teacher. Well, a man of a man of many talents. Uh, I mean, look, it's it's one of those things. Actually, I don't know if you ever like if you see like you know the the Twitter handles mm-hmm. and. I wonder who the first person was to develop the Twitter handle that says actor, singer, connoisseur, winemaker, shit talker, (laughs) coffee lover, dog lover. It's like, uh, and then you run out of characters. What about everything else that you do? Because I'm dying to find out what it is that you do apart from acting, singing and being a musician. Do you ever get that? Yeah, the bit bit with, with Twitter. Yeah, when I, over the years when I've changed the description underneath when you at the start you put like you tried to be serious and you put actor or whatever you whatever you did and then you saw other people putting quirky little things like yeah coffee lover so i was like yeah loves whiskey with a little whiskey emoji or <laughs> like or now now i've put like 
that Scottish guy that you've he- kind of heard of or whatever rubbish I've, I've changed it to every time or some yeah. catchphrase that I think that folk might find that funny. <laughs> <laughs> like but when it, it's gone from so serious to to to, to trying to, to, to work towards a crowd. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. It's uh, and 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 I think as well, if you if you change it up as often as you can within that yeah. within those twelve months that you have in <laughs> in a standard year, people will know so much about you from your Twitter handle. You know, yeah, because everyone everyone's always looking at your Twitter handle and exactly <laughs> what it says. I'm gonna, people I'm gonna leave that tweets, there on the laptop screen just in yeah. case he changes something. If people took their tweets as seriously as they did their Twitter handle and description. Oh, you know, yeah. Now we're talking. And I would love to know if it just, if it just disappeared, I don't think anything would change. (laughs) People would just accumulate all of the, all of the things that they say in within that, that that kind of 200 character space. They, they put it all together in a nice little neat box and, I mean, maybe that's what it is. Maybe you just need, you know, if, if, there, if there's ever like, you know, these threads or these discussions that people have with each other, why don't you just wait, give them a date, let them book in, do a COVID-19 social distancing measures, and then let them rant at each other for hours over their, over their coffee. But there might be time limitations over here at 75 minutes in a restaurant. So like, you know, you're going to have to get in all of your best shit, like no fucking time wasting. Just do it. That's it. Well, it's, it's maybe interesting, the... isn't it, as well, how, like, th- there's so much of that passive, passive aggression on Twitter. How would people actually go about doing that if they were to do the same thing in person? What, what would happen? Yeah, well, maybe that's what the, sh- the rule should be on Twitter. It should not be text. It should be 30 to 60, like, kind of like Instagram stories, but everything you had to say, everything you want to say has to be you saying it and not typing it. Because I think there'll be a lo- large population would stop using Twitter and or completely not be seeing what they're thinking. And yeah. if they do, then it'll be interesting to see them putting their point across. Yeah, and go back to reading the sun. <laughs> and then reading reading the sun. <laughs> we're, we're all... That's all my listeners. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so, sorry, sorry. You, what are you saying about me? That's not... <laughs> <laughs> well, this is a nice swift change of topic then. <laughs> Ryan, if you had to change your name, what would your new name be? Engel MacFondle spelt. Wow, where, and any is there a heritage from that, or just something you made up? There isn't. Uh, no, there's. A, there's not really a, a, a kind of a German Scottish heritage. I just love Germany, and I love Scotland. Obviously, I, I was there. Uh, yeah. Pre COVID nineteen, uh, I was in Edinburgh for a few months, and. Uh, I had toured to Glasgow back in 2016. I've been to Aberdeen as well, all thanks to touring and all thanks to that lifestyle. It gives you the opportunity to travel to some of the most incredible places in the UK. And whatever people have to say about Aberdeen, it's not too bad, you know? Yeah. It's quite grey, it's quite concrete, but it was very chilled, nice vibe, mm-hmm. their, 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 their sound. Um, but yeah, I mean, you, you cannot get better than anywhere uh, uh, when it comes to Edinburgh and Glasgow. Um, I, I, I stayed in the Gorbals when I was in Glasgow. I felt like I was right at home and it was great. Wow. Yeah, yeah, in a, in a beautiful uh, apartment with a couple of other people that I was on tour. And uh, when I was in Edinburgh, I stayed in Leith and I stayed in Meadowbank. And, uh, and I think the first time I was there, where was I? I can't remember, but I stayed with a really, really lovely woman um, who's actually a theatre agent. She's re- really sweet. And um, yeah, it, it's just... 
it, it, it is essentially home from home. There's, there, there's so much, there, there's so many similarities, whether it's just like the weather or the geography or, or anywhere. Um, you know, I, I absolutely adore Scotland. Um, and then when we're, when we're talking about Germany and the inspiration of this Engel MacFongelsfeld uh, name that I'm just after throwing your direction. Ha, ha, yeah, definitely thought about it. Um, never been to Germany, always wanted to go. Uh, love the people, the language, the culture. Um, they're, they're, they're very practical, kind of matter of fact. Um, yeah, so, so, so that's the inspiration behind the name. Well, I like that. Yeah, I would never put, I would never have put Scotland and Germany together, but it's a nice little combo. I've been to Germany, and Germany it was one of the from from all the stereotypes, it was one of the nicest places in Europe I'd ever been. Amazing! Like in terms of the people and the theatres, like I did a tour around Germany, um, the Netherlands, and France. And Germany, by like it was interesting, like the different cultures and, and, and theatre etiquette. But in terms of like the theatres themselves, and and the people were so were really nice. Um. It was it was lovely to be there. Um, yeah, I do like Germany. Cool, cool. It's 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 on the bucket list. It's definitely one of those places that I'm hopefully going to go with uh, with the family um, and do Berlin, Frankfurt, uh, Leipzig, yeah. all all of those places. Yeah, yeah. It's always something that I'd that I'd spoken about. I'd never i i I'd always been so adamant that I was going to go there and backpack when I was younger, but. Yeah. Uh, the yeah the priorities just they they weren't in the right place god damn it young brian what were you doing those, you were... those priorities man <sighs> i know the, my priorities now to what when i was 21 that's very, <laughs> very <laughs> different hell yeah very different mm-hmm. okay man well here's the next one what is the funniest joke you know by heart oh Oh God! Um, the funniest joke that I know by heart was a—I mean, I don't know if it's the funniest, but okay. it is a joke that my Great. dad was renowned for. God rest him. But he was hilarious. Um, he—he he was hilarious purely because he had this like very reactional dry wit, which no one else possessed like him. He owned it. He was absolutely brilliant. So if somebody turned around and said something, he'd always have a, a kind of a, a witty response or witty retort. And it was never, my, my dad was one of these men who you'd look at him and you'd go, man, he looks like a right grumpy fucker, but he's not, he, he wasn't grumpy or cranky by any stretch of the imagination. He loved the simple things in life. And that's, I think what kind of, you know, put him very much in, in, in love with these jokes, but the joke mm. that he w- would always tell is uh, Steven Spielberg wants to make a Hollywood blockbuster movie about uh, three classical composers, Mozart, Handel and Bach. And uh, he puts out feelers to Steven Seagal, Sylvester Stallone. I have to make sure I'm getting this right. And Arnold Schwarzenegger. And he says, guys, do you want to meet in a hotel and talk about this? So, he sends them out scripts and they come together. He's like, so what do you think of the script? And they're like, yo, yeah, it's great. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. And he says, so if, if you had a role that you wanted to play, what would you play? And Steven Seagal says, oh, yeah, I'll do Handel. And Sylvester Stallone says, yeah, I'll do Mozart. And Arnold Schwarzenegger says, I'll be back. <laughs> that, is, that, is, that is such a dad joke as well. And half of the room fucking leaves. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. I love that one. I like. I'll. Do you know what? I'm, I'm going to take that. 
I'm not going to lie to you. I'm going to say that. I'll probably try and remember that. And keep that somewhere. <laughs> Mate, if like there's that. any problems, just give me a call and we can we, we, we can trash yeah, I'll it. Just put you on, I'll just put you on loudspeaker on the phone and go, eh, just gotta, this, this is the joke I was supposed to tell, but <laughs> yeah. I can't tell it very well, so here you go. Right. And yeah, it'll be when the pubs return to normal and I'll be, I'll be shouting it from a pub 10 points in and he'll be like, yeah, tell us that joke. I told us I want the chat. Quick, go. <laughs> Great. I love that. Okay, man. What is the best and worst purchases you've ever made? <laughs> um, oh, the the best purchase I ever made was um, the Yamaha digital piano that I have right in front of me at the moment um, because I've owned it for a very long time. Now, admittedly, I'm not a very good piano player. I do a bit of teaching and and like I, I can read music and I'm, I'm, I'm singer predominantly when it comes to music. But this piano is literally like gone between like house moving. It's been in the back of different vans, different trucks. It's been in the back of people's cars. It's pretty much traveled like like all, all over between the UK and Ireland. And it's still here working very intactly. Everything has been really, really good about it. And there's nothing like having a musical instrument that actually it has has like quite a long kind of lifespan i suppose as well as being really durable and really um really easy to use and set up and stuff like that uh, so that's the best purchase i've i've ever well at least that i've made in the last few years i guess yeah. um yeah yeah and it's good and one one day i will learn how to play anything outside of the kind of four chord shape where i look like i'm a monkey <laughs> clumping on the thing um and the, the <laughs> The um, got the worst purchase I've ever made. I'm trying to. Uh, I'm trying to remember. Um, the worst purchase I made. Do you know what? Actually, I was having a chat with a guy on a Facebook group, and it's like a, it's like a metal music group. Now I got added to this group by a friend who'll remain nameless. <laughs> um, but basically, like. I, I find some of these things laughable because you always see comments like, who's your favorite singer of the last 20 years, man? Yeah, great. And you just, you see, the, you see the status in the comments and you can almost hear like Metallica or Anthrax or one of these big kind of thrash <laughs> heavy metal bands pl playing in your head when, when you mm -hmm. see all that dialogue. And uh, I got involved in this conversation because I was like, oh God, the, the, the best of times I try and just like ignore it. Because it's um, I I I I don't know um, I I do, there there's some days where it's just like oh people like that are they're they're really good fun but some of the time they can just give you they can give you headaches anyway um <laughs> they were talking about what's the best concert you've been to in the last ten years sorry the worst not the best and someone had mentioned Aerosmith um had played in this big kind of uh, outdoor uh, park called Marley Park and it's it's a cracking park it's in South Dublin it's just about an hour away from where we live and they've hosted like so many live bands like you know all all, all of these like massive massive acts um you know like Dermot mm -hmm. Kennedy Bruno Mars uh Hosier and that year that the, the, that I went uh 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 back what was it 2000 2010 I think um, I went to see Aerosmith, The Falling, and Chris Cornell was supporting. And nice. had it not have been for Chris Cornell, the whole day would have been ruined because I paid about <laughs> €120 Euro for the ticket to go and see my heroes to see Aerosmith. 
And by the end of it, I was like, this is the worst purchase that I've ever made because they showed up oh, man. off their tree. Um, like Steve Tyler could barely stand at the microphone. He basically just spent the whole thing like warbling and screaming at people. Joe Perry, the guitarist, had to do two of his own songs to try and make up for the for the lack of a set, the fact that they showed up late. And then by the, like, by the time they were finished, they were like, they started at 20 past 10, they fucked off at 11. And we were like, I spent 120 euro to basically just watch these like, these gods of rock and roll come out on stage. And it was a fucking disaster. I was like, oh. oh. So yeah, definitely. See, that's got, that's, that's gotten, I remember I went to see Paolo Nottini once and uh, unbelievable, he, he couldn't, he couldn't stand. Couldn't stand. Fuck, really? And he came out with two beers in either hand and, and we, when we were watching it, it was like, oh, lad. But then when you then, wait, you're waiting for him to sing for an hour or so, it was, there was not, it wasn't happening. Really? Jesus. Saying that, I know it's not, it's not a worst purchase, but you say one of the worst, the worst gig I've ever been to, mm. and sorry, any fans out there, was Ellie Goulding. It was our first ever, uh, first ever um, tour when she first came about and there was like 10 pound tickets or whatever it was. And it was maybe one of the worst I think the worst gig I've ever been to. <laughs> and I just stood there, just getting annihilated. I was at like 18, 19, getting annihilated, going, why did why did we come to this? Yeah. This may be the worst thing I've ever seen. All it was was her doing like a little... Like, I'm all for a little bit of chit-chat in between mm-hmm. songs. But when you're standing there, you're chatting a lot, trying to get a, a political point across, or whatever you're trying to get up across. And then she started playing drums and didn't sing. I was like, sorry? <laughs> What's happening? Yeah. Why, why, why aren't you singing? And obviously, I just want to point out that I'm putting Ellie Goulding and Aerosmith <laughs> in the same bracket. <laughs> and Paolo Nutini, yeah. <laughs> Paolo Nutini. Yeah. Great. Okay, man. What's the most ridiculous fact, you know? One of the most, actually, one of the most ridiculous facts that I, that, that I learned recently and I thought was quite cool. Um, my brother, uh, Paul, who is a, he's a psychologist um, who works in a hospital and in his spare time, he's one of these people who does like incredibly interesting things. He's like, uh, he, he cycles, he does cold sea swimming and um, part of what he's doing to pick up from where my dad left off is he's doing this like family history tracing. So he's going back through the family tree to find out interesting things, uh, uh, different um different things about our, our family line and where we came from. And one of the interesting things was that I think on my, uh, on my mother's side, I think on, sorry, not my mother's side, on, on my father's side, his mother, my, my grandmother. And I think my like great, 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 great cousin was some kind of um, convicted, uh, convicted like a uh, criminal. Um, she was related to Lord Marino, who was like quite a quite a big lord during. Oh God, I'm going to say the 16th, 1700s in Dublin, um, but owned like a a, a a huge plot of land, um, which which uh, coincidentally enough was where my dad was was raised in Marino, which is literally just down the road, very very close to the city, but it's like this kind of like huge suburban area, and the Marino Mansion is bang smack beside one of the biggest STEM uh, uh, Gaelic football clubs in, in the city. They're called uh, St. Vincent's and that's where, that, that's, that's where my, my dad would have spent a lot of his time. So that's one cool mm. fact. And another cool fact was that we're actually descendants of um, English kings from the 1700s who settled in Derry and then moved down to Dublin. 
So, wow. um, yeah, yeah, family tracing in history would have it that I am part English, uh, which is well, there you go. which is pretty cool. And uh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> we wanted the royals. Ooh, <laughs> <laughs> I've always wanted to do one of those things. Like, I'd be interested to know, like, past what my grand tells me. Yeah, like I would like to like, uh, like what was what was my family five hundred years ago? Yeah, or where did the Pringle, like I kind of know where the Pringle surname came from, but at the same time, I'd like exactly where my Pringle side came from. Because there's, there's some Pringles that I know from the, I'm like, I don't want to be affiliated with you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> I'd like to know where my side come from. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Well, yeah, no, absolutely. I, I, I kind of, it's, it's one of those things as well that I've, that I've been really interested to find out about my mom's side of the family because her mother was from Belfast and, they um that one of the reasons that my 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 granny uh, Gilroy my mother's mum moved to Dublin um was because was because of the sectarian troubles and this was even prior to like the mid 1900s and into the 70s and bloody sunday um this would have been around the time of like you know the i suppose they uh, around the time of like the maybe just after the easter rising the war of independence the civil war and they they feared for their life, so they would have moved down to Dublin, as in my my mom's mother and her sisters, so her her aunties, mm. and they were in like the news agents and confectionery business, and they would have opened up shops um in in North Dublin around Dorset Street, which is kind of in like the heart of the city, um, and that's where my mother would have grew up. So she would have grew up in town and then moved out to the suburbs, and you know inadvertently met my dad, and uh, yeah, so it's. It's a side of my my family line that I I I I'd, I'd heard kind of very interesting nuggets of information about my dad's side of the family and that history, uh, but my mom my mom's side of the family still kind of remains a mystery, even though she would talk quite an awful lot about about um my granny and my granddad and had very fond memories. But yeah, the Gilroy clan is someone that I'm very interested in finding out about and. So much so that I, I started a music collaboration about a year ago with a guitarist and piano player and their name is Medved Gilroy. And Gilroy is just one of those things that's always kind of fascinated me about my identity and about mm. where they came from and trying to pursue that and find out, you know, what that is. Wow. Yeah, great. That's great, man. Mm. That's really cool. Well, nice swift swift moving on to the next <laughs> music question. Cool. If you were a wrestler what would your intro music be? Um, what's the, you know, uh, Chance the Rapper? Um, my, uh -huh. a, a mate of mine played this song. Um, uh, and it's, it's like, it, it's, um, it's, it's, a real, it's got like a kind of like a really, really great um, 1970s kind of funk vibe. And the music video was like all of these dancers in like 50 style clothing outside a candy store. And they break out into this incredible hip hop routine. Um, ah oh man, it's it's um it's it's a it's a bloody brilliant song. I just remember listening. I think to I know which recently. one you mean, but I can't remember the name of it. Yeah, it's like it's it's like a Sunday Glory or something like that. I don't know if I've gotten the title of of the song right. Um, if if I if if I couldn't pick that song, if that song didn't exist, it would be mm -hmm. Anderson Pack and Kendrick Lamar uh, tinted. What a nice. belter of a tune! I I literally nice. just, I mean, I'd have to try and not give it the Conor McGregor arms because what a terrible human! <laughs> I just, I'd have to. <laughs> Whatever, whatever about disagree. the personality, you can't, you can't, you can't dispute the arms. <laughs> yeah, that's it. 
just maybe a little bit more tension in them. I've never seen at some points. I've never seen such for such a strong man, such floppy arms. I know, I know. Yeah, <laughs> that's his warm up, though. I suppose he's like loosen, loosen them up. That's a, that's kind of like what someone from Ireland would say. You, you know, for such a strong man, you've got very floppy arms. <laughs> <laughs> you've got very floppy arms. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Oh god! But yeah, well, he's definitely. Retired for the hundredth time, isn't he? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh god, he has Jesus. Um, but yeah, yeah, definitely that song. Definitely that song. I Great and you know, choice. yeah, I kind of like I I like I like so much music. It's so eclectic. But um, I just think there's something mm. about there's something about hip hop and R and B that's so feel good and gets you in the right zone and gets you very very centered and you know it's it's um. It's there. There's so much groove in music like that. You know what I mean? Like it's, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. It's great, man. Uh, so, a couple more questions for this section. As a as a man of who's been in many musicals, what movie uh-huh. would be greatly improved if it was made into a musical? Uh, that is that is such an awesome question. What movie would be greatly improved if it was made into a musical? Um. And this comes. This is this is asking a man who's been in the commitments <laughs> and the Lion King. <laughs> yeah, yeah, which were and, both and and once as well, which is like you. you oh, and you, once as well, yeah, forgot. About but that. you know, it's interesting. You 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 kind of you you tend to forget, especially when you've watched one and not the other, or when when you've seen both. You forget mm. they're 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 they are they are connected, not because oh they're similar. Like they are very, very different in their own fashion. Um, but what, what, um, hmm, what movie would be greatly improved? Um, I would say uh, Predator. Um, I, nice. I just, I, you know, I, I just think when someone made that parody on YouTube, they, if we, if it bleeds, we can kill it. Stop yeah. shaving, you don't have a beard. Like that's just. That is a musical right there. It's golden and and would like soar. It'd be a Broadway hit for years to come. So, Predator, please. Well, Rocky only did like six months. So would Predator go past six <laughs> six months? <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine? Yeah, Pre- Rocky the musical, which which so, I absolutely love the music from it, but only lasted I think six months. But Predator the musical has run ten years. <laughs> <laughs> on Broadway, <laughs> you get backing from uh, from from Arnie, you know, from the from That's the it. man himself. Like, why not get 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 the get the governor to just step in and chuck it a few million? And yeah, I mean, you could get a minimum two years out of it while everyone sits backstage. Minimum. Going, I, I I didn't even think we'd make it to the six month mark. This is amazing. <laughs> it's really really no, but the, the, yeah. Don't they usually test it? Um, a lot of Broadway shows is it is it Chicago they test it first? Yeah. Sometimes are they so they they actually went from Chicago to Broadway. They tested it three months Chicago, got absolutely slated, but was like, nope, we've got two years. That theater's booked for two years, no matter how busy it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Doesn't matter if there are two Arnold people. Arnold has flung such. <laughs> Arnold's flung so much money at this. Yeah. We have to keep it going. What did you do in your retirement? I threw two million, at least, at, at least at a, t- at a two-year run of Predator the musical, and uh, 
and it's probably I put money on it. It'll be the first musical that they would fling in something new, like you know, at Pantos when they fling on three D specs. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> a little section with a three D, a three D set. Not even like you have to wear the glasses the whole thing. They'd be like, and now it's time to put on your three D glasses, <laughs> and then it's like just a action sequence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh God, I uh, I I'd love that kind of a theater experience. I mean. It's do you know it's you know it's cool actually the first show that I went to see that even had that element of kind of three D um uh, d- uh like like dimensional uh, stage design was uh, the Woman in White at the Palace Theatre mental as well to mm. think that like ten or twelve years later I'd be standing on the same stage like that 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 was just a bizarre feeling yeah. because I remember I remember going to that and I remember watching that show and I remember that that it was it was so well designed and such a pity that that show never really got the recognition it deserved because gr- yeah. gr- great book really really beautiful music great great cast like uh Ruthie Henshaw Michael Ball um and a guy who I in uh, who I eventually kind of became friends with who was covering the lead at the time uh, Owen Cannon fantastic Irish musical theater performer but I just remember watching the set on these on these like uh rotating floor panels and the screen moved around as the cast were like climbing stairs and up and down so the way they would have had to block that that was probably like a like a two-week did the opening the opening 10 or 15 minutes was probably like a two-week kind of blocking period in itself and i was Mm. like fucking hell this is cool and i think it was it was kind of like one of the first of its kind yeah yeah and mad to think how much how much stuff like that has advanced from then to now it's like whoa um but yeah yeah it was pretty cool great man Okay, last question of this section. What is something that is really popular now, but in five years, everyone will look back on and be embarrassed by? My wife is going to kill me. Uh, the Real Housewives of New York City. <laughs> or Beverly Hills. Which I admit Just, is yeah, fucking in- hilarious. Like, there's some nights where you're like, I don't know if I have the, the focus for crap. And TV, like really, really good TV, like Better Call Saul. And we, and we recently finished uh, Stateless and Normal People. Oh my God. Right. Unreal TV. Unreal. Yeah. Smashing act- actresses. Incredible. The writing. Fucking hell. Oh, Jesus. Lenny Abramson, will you just give me a job? I'm the worst screen actor going. <laughs> terrible. All I do is just look like a goofball in front of a camera. But amazing for Irish TV. Um, Amazing for two young actors, uh, 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 you know, who who are literally having like their their unbelievable breakthroughs. Um, and uh, sorry, where was I going with this? What the fuck am I talking about, Brian? You're just losing your mind. Um, <laughs> it went from the Real Housewives of New York and Beverly Hills. But... <laughs> sorry, I literally I do this. I like veer off onto these unreal nice little branched tangents. Um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I, I, I just it's it's like it's so. Um, it's just shocking some of the content on on TV. The the, the way I can't get on board with reality TV anymore, unfortunately. No, no, and I don't blame you. I don't blame you. After just none of it. Yeah. Like even like the, I mean, there's a lot of people, including yourself, that have done shows that are reality TV programs, and yeah. They, I mean, I say they're very different then till now, but some of them are, but some of them, some of them are just awful. Just well, I just can't like I go past. Steph will be watching something of like the newest thing, like Love is Blind or any of this rubbish. What's the new one that everyone's like going off the nut about? Selling, se- selling Sunset or whatever it is. Yeah. Uh, 
the one about selling house, selling how five ten million pound houses. I'm like, and that's, I mean, yeah. Do you know what I think needs more attention? Is things like can't pay, we'll take it away. Those like words. There's a bit of bad DIY SOS, which is which was such a, such a great show. Um, what's the other one as well? The one that Dion Dublin uh, presents. Oh come on, think about it, Brian. God, you fool. Um, uh, <laughs> I was gonna say say yes to the dress. What? No, 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 no. That, see, that's another one. I'd say a ho- I can't. I can't. Uh, it's 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 like the one where they 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 try and kind of like uh they they talk about like like these potential property buyers and they go to like these absolute dives, these like shitholes that have not been lived in, but they're really cheap. You know, doer upper. Like I mean, Jesus, doer upper is a fucking understatement with some of them. Um, but like yeah, but D- Dion Dublin is one of the presenters and. Uh, and and it's absolutely fantastic because that's the kind of reality TV that you can turn on at like three o'clock. It's not uber dramatic. And and the other thing is as well is that like it's it's just like it's reality TV in in its most one hundred percent kind of pure real real sense. You know, there's not like yeah. you know someone's died halfway through and you literally find out in a split second. You're like, what the fuck just happened? You know what I mean? Like it's absolutely nuts. <laughs> that's that's my answer to that question. <laughs> Great, uh, I would, and I would agree with that. If just yeah, a lot of well, yeah, a lot of reality TV. Yeah. I just think there's there's such good content out there. Like yeah, as you point out, stateless. I I'm actually halfway through it. Mm-hmm. I started it last night. Cool, good stuff. And yeah, it's like such great programs. But then you look, you can literally flick to the next program that's on Netflix or on TV, and it's some. Oh, it's, it's some guy who's been given 13 grand and <laughs> to, to set up this wedding and he and he sets in a Game of Thrones style wedding where there's like dragons and and you're like but you only spent 200 quid in the dress <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, you're like, and you're like what I mean okay whoever came up with it has made a lot of money out of that and well done because that's a s- stupid idea that you've made money off of but at the yeah. same time okay man well that was Small chat in the door, Matt. <laughs> Next section is Chatterbox. Chatterbox. Okay, my friend, I asked you to get, bring along a vent. What is your vent? So, um, I have two kids, and uh, <laughs> that's my vent. No, I'm not. I, <laughs> I have two kids in my life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's full stop. Oh Christ, no, never. Um, love them more than anything, and uh, life, life uh, with them in us has just been. It, it's been spectacular uh, for Laura and myself. And I, I just now, now, now. This is for this is for everybody. Anytime anybody meets uh, uh, our 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 boys, Leo and Oscar, um, and it doesn't matter who it is, they go, "Oh, look at them! Aren't they so cute?" And they look at me. And they say, um, oh, you didn't even get a look in, did you? And literally, I want to take them by the arm gently, okay? And, and stand this close to their ear and say, when you say I didn't get a look in, I did get a look in. I had fucking sex with Laura. That's how much of a look in I got. <laughs> okay, so the next time you tell me that I didn't get a look in, just remember... I got to look in. Because, <laughs> you know, and do you know what it is? It's really funny. Like, I don't mind when people actually say that. It's absolutely fine. 
but it but it almost seemed like it was something that every every like every person within a three hour window of a day, anytime they ran it, anytime they ran into us, and you know whether it was like neighbors or friends or whatever the case was, oh, you didn't even get a look in, you didn't even get a look in. It's like no, I did get a look in. I did. I had to, you know, to do a specific thing. I I I was under the duvet. It was definitely me. I know. Um, you know, and I checked with Laura as well. I actually asked her just to make sure that it was me. So yeah. what? Well, it, and, little did you know that Laura's actually got a gag. I wasn't taking everybody. it personally. <laughs> <laughs> Laura's actually messaged around everybody that you know, just to this running gag <laughs> to, to wind yeah. you up every time. Literally, yeah. It's like she's got a WhatsApp group and she's just like, we're, we're around the corner. Just tell him. Tell him he's not the dad. <laughs> no. Yeah. It's like this. It's like this new COVID tra- track and trace or whatever the app's called. That every yeah. time they're near you, somebody will get a notification. Okay, if you see Brian and his <laughs> children, make sure yeah. to say this. Yeah, the health service executive actually have an advertisement campaign on TV about it. If you see Brian Gilligan, tell him he's not the father of his own children. He didn't even get a look in. <laughs> I like that one. Okay, next section of the podcast: chat in the hat. It's time for some chat in the hat. Keeping it on topic with reality TV, what reality TV show would you most like to see being made? You know the way they have man versus food? Yeah. Man versus breakfast roll. No one's ever done that before. Oh, I love a breakfast. And I I, I want to be cast. I just... (laughs) I want want to be the man. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that I'll that I'll make with my iPhone and my 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 shitty little audio interface here. Yeah, you'll um, you'll write it. Yeah, write man it, direct it, star it. Definitely. That. I would rather see that any day than somebody else being. Don't tell the bride or what other uh, the, the what's the other ones that they do. Say yes to the dress. I'm sure there's yeah, a, yeah. There's, there's at least four or five at the moment. That's just all about weddings, which. Weddings. I am planning one, which is a fantastic thing. But I wouldn't want to. I don't think anybody interested <laughs> interested <laughs> in filming the discussions that we have, or the books, the websites, whatever you're going through. To then yeah. go, yeah, film this. This is really entertaining. <laughs> yeah. Here you go. Here's my bank account. That's is that entertainment <laughs> enough? This is the yeah, list of yeah. what needs to be paid, and this is how much I have left. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And thanks, 2020. <laughs> <laughs> oh god i mean christ or anything that's being made this year fair play to all of those people and everybody who's actually been kind of you know surfacing themselves to try and get get projects out there um on another note i mean the real housewives of ballyhonis would be absolutely fantastic i think that'd go down an absolute treat just yeah. saying i'd rather watch that than watch the other stuff yeah. um there'd be a thrill in that i'm sure <laughs> The real women of Ireland. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, but uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So either man versus breakfast roll or the, uh, the, that. We'll, we'll see. Okay. Next bit. News chat. This is news chat. Okay. You ready? Uh, during all this time, have you had a lot delivered to your house? Oh, God. Yeah. 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 Well, he, yeah, here's yeah. one for you. Here's here. This is the headline, right? Woman catches Amazon driver mid squat pooing in a garden. 
this was in, this was in the news this week. Thanks, Metro. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> underneath quality group, stories. Yeah, quality <laughs> stories quality from readers. the Metro, especially Metro Online. <laughs> Oh the stuff God. that doesn't make it to print. So, <laughs> Amazon has sacked a delivery driver after a horrified neighbour caught him pooing in a garden. This is, the, this is the next bit that makes me sad, but also laugh a little bit louder. The next bit, NHS councillor Sharon Smith, <laughs> aged 53. Now, if life wasn't tough enough for the NHS this year, she's got somebody shitting in her garden. Oh <laughs> she, she was cooking... In her kitchen, when a man pulled up outside her home, the man ran from the vehicle towards her garden and she followed him, suspecting he would be stealing some wood. But the mum of two caught the man mid-squat, defecating in her property among the trees and promptly called the police. Oh, my God. Poor Sharon. I mean, I thought Hermes was bad. Unless it was, it could have been. Amazon does does use a a couple of people. Um... And it and it definitely brings a new meaning to your orders being dispatched. My God, oh, oh. that little time frame as well. Between know, there's yeah. <laughs> between there's a four and a five. Oh, great! <laughs> I mean, is this like was this at a time? No, surely it wasn't. I mean, if this if like 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 if this is recently, um, I mean, well, you this, can was understand- a, this was yesterday that I looked this up, and the date was posted yesterday, so it must have oh. happened fairly recently. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry, that, that there's like no excuse. Like, if like people's. Wait. If anything, t- this year has pointed out is like people should really be looking after each other and like cleanliness and health and safety is right up there at the moment. To then go and take a shit in someone's garden is one of the few things I think. Like I, I don't know about you, but there's been moments in life. I've never touched wood. It's never happened, right? <laughs> But there's been moments in life where there's been a close call, but never, ever have I thought, do you know what? I'm going to have to go in this person. I'll pull, pull up over there or I'll stop off and just take a shit in the middle of... It. I mean, I mean, do you reckon Sharon would have been the kind of person that could have come out and just said, look, if you could just like even move it to a different part of the garden, I'd appreciate that because, you know, like don't do it on the plants, do it over. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And look, there's a ham and cheese sandwich in the kitchen when you're finished, and I'll put the kettle on as well. Okay, look, I totally understand. <laughs> you made an effort to hop the gate and come into the back garden. <laughs> oh, God. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Oh, wow. That is that is something. That really, really is. That's that's nuts. Um, God. Yeah. yeah. And the second useless fact of the week. The United States Navy has started using Xbox controllers for the periscopes. Unbelievable. Really? Wow. Yeah. Because supposedly it says underneath the control stick for periscopes is so complicated that they've decided to use Xbox controllers, reducing the learning time <laughs> from hours to minutes. Now, hear me out. If, if periscopes for the Navy, right, are really difficult to use and you've only just started, and what were they doing beforehand? Like, it was that difficult beforehand they were like guys were making yeah. too many mistakes <laughs> okay right <laughs> we used, we're, the periscopes that we're using we're, we're missing things we're, we're we're going way past them so grab on your xbox controllers but then what happens i don't know if you're a playstation or an xbox man 
Yeah, I've I've owned both. Like I, I kind of I I, I haven't uh, I haven't had a console in about maybe six or seven years. The last yeah. one that I had was an Xbox uh, Xbox Three Hundred and Sixty, and obviously was a massive fan of Call of Duty. Um, and then prior to that, I've had a PlayStation, uh, SNES, Nintendo sixty four, Sega Mega Drive, all of them. Um, yeah. But but I wouldn't have had an Xbox uh, Three Hundred and Sixty long enough to actually be able to get to grips with the ins and outs of it. That's the thing. I was like, <laughs> well, the I thing kind is, of I, I yeah. So but the th- but, I'm a place. I've always been PlayStation, but from what I know from everyone that I've ever played in an Xbox with, is that you have to change the battery all the time. <laughs> you like, you can't <laughs> unless you buy one of those rechargeable batteries. I've I've lived with mates who have an Xbox that constantly buying batteries. I'm like, God, that must be so irritating. So if you're in the Navy and your controller runs <laughs> at battery, and you're like mid, I don't know, mid mission, and you're like. Lads, we've we'll, we'll balls this up. The batteries run out. Who's got, who's got a couple of double A's? <laughs> Where are you? Uh, Adriatic Sea somewhere. I just need a couple of double A's. Would you mind? Yeah, okay, fair enough. Get that Amazon delivery driver. He'll get it for you. <laughs> yeah, as long as yeah. he can use your toilet. Tell Sharon to get the same Amazon delivery driver to do it. Just make sure he doesn't take a dump on your ship. Oh, oh man. <laughs> Well, There'll be no hopping gates on that ship. <laughs> <laughs> okay, last section of the podcast, chat and ball. Let's play chat and ball. Okay, my friend, this is where we ask each other's questions, so I'd like you to go first. What has been your most embarrassing moment on stage? From oh, actor to actor. Okay, embarrassing moment on stage. There's been a handful, but I would say... One that sticks out, um, I was a vocalist on that, and actually that, it was an Irish dancing tour, but I was one of the two vocalists um, that would pop in between every couple of dances while they were doing a quick change. (laughs) They would get two vocalists to come out and sing a couple of songs, and it was in Germany. It was that same tour, and that was the first time I'd used in-ears, in-ears and a handheld. Well, I'd used a handheld before, but first time I'd use in-ears and I was always for pulling them out like having one down or forgetting to put them forgetting to put them back in so yeah I went out to sing um I think it was a leaving of Liverpool yeah yeah and came out Anthony the other singer he came out started it off and I come out to sing the next <laughs> the next verse and I start singing and I'm like oh I can't eat. my microphone's off. So I start playing it well whilst belting it with no microphone, my microphone, which I think is off, I then turn I hits the button and turns it off. So it was already on. So then I hit it again and then put it on mute by accident. I then start <laughs> singing into it again. I'm going, Oh, what's happening? Anthony's looking at me going, What are you doing? I then looks and there's two bits of the in-ears just hanging down either side of my chest. And obviously the sound's going out to the stage, but I was so far back that I just couldn't hear what was happening. I was like, why can't I hear yeah. a thing? I can't hear a thing. <laughs> and and I just saw like a, a whole auditorium like of like a thousand people looking at me as I was there fiddling with a microphone <laughs> and looking at my in-ears trying to pop them back in round the top of my ear and pop them back in. And just had this look of dismay, and the tour manager was fuming after it. Oh my God. He's like, "We've had this, we've had this issue before, where people keep taking in and just keep that in ears in." And I was like, "Yeah, okay, no worries." 
So, <laughs> yeah, I would say that was the most... Im- in terms of, like, a thousand people staring at you as you try and play with a microphone that you're supposed to be singing, <laughs> singing yeah, to. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I think that that's the one of the ones... That, um, and in terms of, like, the sweat that was just dripping off my brow as I yeah. was, like, trying to figure this all out. And I was... As people yeah. were just staring at you. Well, do you know what? It's it's mad actually with those moments. It's like the fourth wall is genuinely broken and you feel mm-hmm. so exposed until things actually, like until your hearing ears go back and your, your microphone becomes unmuted. And then you're, it's almost like your, your train has derailed and you're like, oh, fuck, 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 fuck. But, you know, I, I, it's... It, it, it can literally happen within seconds, and to you, it feels like, oh my god, this this has been like this that that felt like hours. Those moments, it's just like a combination of adrenaline yeah. and trying to rectify the problem on the spot. And when that happens on stage, it can be the worst because you're the one that's essentially supposed to be in command, and like you know, have, you have the floor. Yeah. Oh god, that would be a good reality um, program. Yeah, no, even, though I'm not, exactly. even though I'm not for filming in theaters, that would be a great reality TV program. Is like the mishaps mm-hmm. the mishaps of on in theaters and on stage whether it be a singer at a wedding or a west end show or any little any perfor- a performing scenario i've just seen the, sure. the balls ups do you know what i mean like you've been framed but with balls ups on stage uh-huh. be, yeah 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah balls up on stage i can definitely see that as the title of a tv show I balls love. up on stage <laughs> <laughs> Which movie sequel do you wish you could erase from history? <laughs> uh, Dumb and Dumber, without a doubt. Terrible. What, the second one? It's just, yeah, yeah, yeah. The first one is a, is a classic, but the second one was just a, a kind of a means to get two amazing actors back in the same set together and try and create, you know, the the, the glory and the humour and the and the, the, the kind of, like, the this, this like... A level of of movie comedy that had never been created before yeah. but it was just it was kind of like poor script it was terrible developments it was just yeah yeah i don't I, I don't think they really gave it an awful lot of thought and i think as well that actors can kind of grow into different um you know different like different performers and, mm-hmm. and different versions of themselves yeah um you know through time i thought i think it was just one of those things where it was like mm, I don't really know if if um if if these two people, brilliant performers, are really kind of you know it's it's almost like oh we want you to recreate the genius of of that first movie. I remember growing up with that film and loving it and always thinking that it was absolutely fantastic. Um, but yeah, yeah, I just think Dumb and Dumber that that sequel yeah. was just nah, no way, don't, don't even go there, just leave it be. You know, if it's not broke, don't fix it. Um, I I know this is like such such a kind of a common question the next question but I'm always interested to just ask it with people because I think it shows like a a, a pretty awesome uh, side to their character but if you could pick a superpower what would it be? I just like the I I don't know what it is but I just like the idea of flying (laughs) don't don't know why just like (laughs) the idea of it I just would love to like if I just opened the window now and just could like pop out like I'm 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 not on the ground floor, so I'm I'm just up, and I could just like pop out and go a little fly over the Thames, or just like, it would just save a lot of time. But then mm-hmm. the only th- worrying thing is, uh, is 
is getting those ten thousand steps in a day. Does that still count as does, does that still work up a sweat? Do, you do still we call it a Fitbit Fly version? Yeah. Do you still does it does your Apple Watch or whatever you've got on your Fitbit still count your calories as you're flying about? Yeah, that's always one that I've just popped into. If my I head. move my arms enough this direction, does that count as exercise while I'm flying? Yeah, I just think it'd be great. I don't know why. Just always, ever since I was a child, I was like, yeah, I just it wasn't even like Superman. It was like, I, I, in particular, but it was just that thought of, I don't know, just going. In, you could literally go just about, just about anywhere. Sure. With it, like jumping up in a building. Like I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. If you were a DJ, what would your DJ name be? Uh, um, uh, Deco on the decks. Deco on the decks. I like that. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, no arguments. <laughs> and would you go? Would you do a little bit of singing in between, or would you just, would. just DJ? Yeah, I I'd sing along with the with the vocal samples or with whatever the loops are, you know. Yeah, sweet, sweet loving, loving, loving me. And I don't actually know the words well enough, so I basically just yelp or make the same sounds that I'm hearing from the sample, and yeah. you know, try and harmonise with it or try and maybe you know do a vocal battle with whoever the singer is and just make it make it saucy. Just like um, like some kind of eight mile. <laughs> <laughs> Eight mil yeah, DJ. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Deco and the decks. I like that. <laughs> That's great. And lastly, because we we get three questions, so yeah, uh, yeah. Lastly, when when all of this madness is finished, and when uh, when we're finally out of our um, uh, new norm, which is a terminology that I hate. Mm-hmm. Um, purely because i think this is just a, a kind of like a, a test on humanity mm-hmm. more so than a here here we have to have to adapt i mean obviously god did so many so many things will change but i think we'll hopefully remain the same in essence what is the first thing that you want to do when covid19 is com- when we're completely rid of it and when it's finished what what what, what is the first thing you're going to do more than anything oh i mean there's, ma- there's many things but um I mean, work, working would be great. Like, <laughs> yeah, it would be work, working like as as in a performer or like perform. Like, obviously, during all this, um, I started the podcast, which was just to be creative. I've done some like bits and pieces, like writing that I've, that's just kind of sitting there now. That I'm like, okay, what could I do with this? Like, uh, yes, I, 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 things are kind of slowly but surely. Like, I've started this job as a Sainsbury's driver it's helping paying the bills for the moment I'm enjoying cool. it it's fine but and also teaching I do enjoy teaching as well it's been nice over the years um but performing getting up on stage and either either it be mm-hmm. singing at a wedding or singing singing on stage on either like a, a theater or an, even a ship i would do you know what i think if anything like been cooped up inside is is pointed out to me is i, I want to when it's all safe is it to either travel or work again doing another traveling like either on a ship or a tour or like just seeing a bit more of than than my where i live the shop yeah. along the road <laughs> <laughs> and my route for running so yeah. yeah yeah i think that's yeah yeah it's it's it, it's insane because um because much and all as we kind of we 
we always see things from a specific from the specific from the specific from the specific uh, perspective of the present. Mm-hmm. Um, I I'm 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 the same. I've been so grateful that through a really really crazy uh, time that it meant that I was able to come home, spend time with the with with with, with my boys and with Laura, and that's been fantastic. Um, as well, I think because the, the the kind of career that we're in can really really turn things um, to you know the the and, and especially if you, if you're like you know the the only person that's out working because like Laura's a full time mom and she's been absolutely incredible, but like you 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 kind of forget you know that, that there's certain aspects of when when you're on tour obviously the family are important but even when we've been home and when I've been speaking to her about it I'm I'm still saying how fortunate were we to be on stage how fortunate we were to really really do what we do and it's not to sound cheesy but just mm-hmm. because this is what it really really like I wanted to remember how it feels to to to, to be on stage yeah. but it's for all of those feelings combined for the for the personal and for what we strive to do as yeah. you know artists and I think it's going to go beyond the career ambitions I think there's something that's going to be like well you know <laughs> we're 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 vessels in this and we're we're trying to put work out there create this you know you're a writer you're you're an actor and a singer and a performer and the whole the, the whole perspective and not only you know we, we're we're not going to take things as much for granted 100%. but it's going to be less about less about us as people and more about the fact that this is a a, a craft and, mm-hmm. and an art that has to stay alive and we're the yeah. ones to keep that way we're the the veins you know it's so fucking it's so fucking awesome so yeah, here's man. to here's to getting back to it it's gonna that's be super it. yeah definitely this this year's definitely reiterated my mm. love and for what i do like i was it was always one of these things uh, I, an old teacher said to me that you should give this seven yeah. years you should give this career at least seven years and then if it's if you're not happy then bail out and i'm like i, I used to think that was a, a good way of pu- putting it but now i'm like nah like well if you just if you love it and you and you enjoy doing it and like I just have like yeah this year has reiterated how much I love what I do and mm. whether wherever that is like I just that's yeah that's what we do we we perform we entertain like and and we got them tell stories or we we tell a story through song or 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 words or whatever like it's just yeah and last question what's the best thing about being a father. Uh, best thing about being a father is uh, providing and um, developing a relationship with two people that you're responsible for, giving them, giving them the the positives of life, um, trying to, you know, um, I, th- I think the 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 really really wonderful thing about being a father is that it's very reaffirming when you know that you've been able to keep human beings alive, make them happy, make them smile, make them laugh, make them learn, and also guide them in the, in the most kind of, uh, what's the, what's the word I'm looking for? Kind of guide them in a way that gives them confidence and gives them reassurance about, you know, people are there to love them and to show them ways of, of, you know, empathizing, which is such a huge thing with kids, mm-hmm. I, I believe. And, and the, the, that, I suppose that actually pretty much sums it up. The, the best thing about being a father is teaching your, 
children to have empathy because that gives them a greater degree of understanding and through experiences and situations they yeah. they learn that in a way where they could you know tear the head off you or have meltdowns but at the same time when they show that they that they love and that they care and that you know you know we we've we two boys who are brothers and 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 the level of the level of awareness that you know the 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 two of them are are, are friends and that they're showing you know compassion and empathy and you know like even the fact that they're you know that that leo our eldest is constantly re referring to oscar as baby boy and brother um you know yeah there's so many things but i think what what kind of you know ties that up in one neat little package is empathy because it's an understanding and a level of care that you're only ever going to get out of genuinely loving something or someone yeah. so that's beautiful man what a nice way to end cool what a nice, what a nice way to end well thank you very yeah. much for coming on do you have anything quickly to to brag or promote oh yeah so um at the at the start of september uh september 7th um podcast comes out then uh, amazing cool cool yeah so 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 that podcast is gonna uh, uh, be the same release date as what hopefully will be uh, the medved gilroy uh, debut ep um so uh it's it's an ep that i've written i've collaborated with my good friend james darcy a, a pianist and guitarist um he's a he's a british and irish modern music uh uh graduate musician um and he's a producer, a composer, everything. He's an absolute whirlwind, this lad. Uh, we've collaborated and we've written an EP of five original songs. And uh, we're putting it out into the big bad world. It'll be on Spotify, Bandcamp, Ditto Music, CD Baby, SoundCloud, pretty much everywhere. We're, we're taking the next couple of weeks to uh, get to the finished product. And then we're going to be plugging it all over social media on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. Um, my Twitter handle is Brian Gilligan 17. My Insta is Nomad Daddyo, and I'm on Facebook, just Brian Gilligan, search me and, um, you'll find all of the details, but please come and listen to us buy the album. It's, it'll be six euro. Um, it's a steal. It's something that's very, very close to us. And it's the first time that I've ever released original material out to the big bad world. Uh, so when you get around to it, come follow us, click like, and, uh, and share it with your friends and your family. Awesome, man. Well, thank you very much. Thank you so much, Adam. Look after yourself. I'll see you soon, buddy. Take and care. You. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye. And there you have it. That was episode eight of What's the Chat. Thank you to Brian Gilligan for this week's awesome chat. But fatherhood and everything else. Next week, we have another superb guest with Jamie West End superstar Burkett. You will have seen her on Les Mis. You will have seen her on The Play That Goes Wrong. You will have seen her left, right and centre around the town of the West End, but she's also a coronavirus mother-to-be, baby coming next year. So thank you very much for listening, and we will see you next week. Uh, goodbye. Mm.